Hey, are you busy January 19th through the 20th? The Dairy Business Association will be hosting our annual Dairy Strong Conference in Madison, Wisconsin. Dairy Strong brings together farmers representing farms of all sizes and management philosophies to learn, engage, and explore the future of dairy. Farmers receive two free passes per farm when they register by November 1st. Learn more at dairyforward.com backslash dairystrong. Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, welcome on today's Dairy Stream. I can certainly insure you that you're going to have a better concept of getting the most of your insurance, be it insurance on your machinery or on your buildings. We have a very good guest today on the subject of insurance. That is Mark Santos. He is the president of Alanji Santos Moss Insurance Agency. He's a veteran in the insurance business, been there for over 37 years. And there's a lot of things we're going to look at. And in particular, we're going to start out, Mark, with looking at our insurance policies, because I guess all of us, I don't know, we dread it, but we kind of put it out. Uh, you know, I'll hold it off to maybe uh, next month or next year, or whatever. And I know you certainly agree that's not the way to go about it. So as we begin this podcast, can you share in your perspective how often a farm should review their insurance policies? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is such an honor. So to answer your question, the first thing is I just want to make sure no two farms are alike. So how often should you address your insurance policies? Every situation is a little different because a small farm, you know, with a few buildings is different than a large production farm with a lot of equipment, with a vehicle fleet, with employees. So it depends on what you have. So the easy part to review are your buildings because the square foot and the year of construction never changes. What does mm-hmm. change is the industry's willingness to provide coverage based on the condition of those buildings. So that needs to be addressed on an annual basis, but your machinery and your equipment your grain, your livestock, that should be addressed as needed. Because there's triggers in your policy that provide automatic coverage, but it might only be for 30 days. So if you've bought a new piece of equipment, you might have coverage for that new tractor, but for only 30 days. So there's some safeguards that you can put in your policy. You have better automatic coverage, but there are safeguards that you have to be aware of, including vehicle fleets, because new vehicles are only covered for 30 days with most contracts. So it all depends on your operation how often you should meet with your agent. All right, Mark, you did mention uh, insurance on buildings. I want to kind of focus on that during this first part of our podcast here on Dairy Stream. Uh, Obviously, this podcast being heard nationwide, but I want to focus in on the Midwest where we certainly experience, you know, some harsh winters along with strong winds. There's hailstorms, tornadoes. Uh, Putting all that into perspective, what type of coverages should a farm have in place when you consider all these things could happen? Let's take those perils one by one. So a tornado wind, you know, that's a different exposure than the hail storms. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times in your farm market, your hail to a metal building is going to be a different 
you're going to have different causes and effects than hail to a shingle building. Or when we talk about harsh winters, especially, you know, in 2020, we probably had one of the heavier snowfalls in the Midwest since 1979. And that caused a lot of uh, heavy weight on because there was a pretty thick layer of ice and then snow that fell on top of those. And we experienced quite a few large buildings that collapsed. And there was there was reasons for that. The main reason was is maybe it was an old building where the trusses were an old design and it wasn't designed originally for that much weight or you know they they extended on so now you've got more more surface exposure and it just caused even more stress but collapse of a building from ice and snow is different than a building that suffered from wind damage cuz the collapse of the buildings more often than not uh, create a lot more damage, especially to maybe the livestock, to the production equipment inside the building, the ability to get that building rebuilt, especially if it was during the winter, because now you have the winter hazards involved. So we treat those two different um and the insurance company suffers more losses on an annualized basis from the weather than they do from the collapse of the ice and snow. So the insurance company suffers more from wind and tornadoes than they do from collapse of roofs. So what about me as a producer that owns an operation and is concerned about these things? So am I looking at a separate policy to protect each one or what's your kind of recommendation to, to face these possible disasters? That's a good question. Um, so we use a tool called a coverage checklist, and you don't need a separate policy. Most all farm policies allow all your buildings to be insured under one policy, including the resident home. So, but each building on the farm side gets looked at differently. You know, let's go back to the comment about the year built. Right. So there's two coverages that you have to be aware of. One is replacement costs, new for old, and the other one is actual cash value. A good example is you have a lightning strike in your home and you've got a refrigerator in the garage that the lightning took it out. It's worth maybe $100, but to replace that refrigerator, like kind and quality, would cost $800. If you have replacement costs, you're entitled to the $800. So the same thing applies to farm buildings. You know, if the replacement cost of that building is 800000 you want to insure it to value for 800000 if the carriers allow that. So the carriers, the perimeter for dairy farmers is usually 40 years. So if a building is 40 years or newer and, it's, and the maintenance has been in good form, the electrical is up to date, the HVAC system is taken care of, the housekeeping is good, then the carriers will allow you the replacement cost endorsement. If not, then you have the actual cash value. So not to switch streams here, but hog farms are different than that. The hog farmers to get replacement costs, their parameters are 20 years and newer because the livestock from hogs will do damage to the building quicker than the livestock of a dairy farm. So the replacement cost is probably the most, not misunderstood, but probably not guided very well as to what that means. Because you have an, if you're given the replacement cost endorsement, that endorsement doesn't cost much, it's just qualifying for that. And that means you have to insure the building to value. So if it costs $100,000 to rebuild it, and remember, we're in a pretty big inflationary period right now, building mm-hmm. costs are up percent And so you need to insure it to value and not what the actual cash value, how long the useful depreciation of that building is. 
Well, thank you for that very thorough answer. We appreciate that. And the voice you're listening to is Mark Santos. He's the president of Alanji Santos Moss Insurance Agency, a veteran of 37 years in the insurance business and a man to talk to when it talks about proper coverage and how to kind of evaluate your coverage, where you stand, what you need to do. And I'm going to talk about, unfortunately, another business interruption that farmers do face, especially on the dairy front, is something like a, a barn fire. Uh, when we're talking that, how does a farmer calculate how much cover they might need there? That's a good question because a barn fire uh, really isn't much different of an exposure that we have to look at than, let's say, if a roof collapses. So you've got the barn fire and you need to be able to rebuild that barn. You need to be able to put your business back in order, in short order, so that you're meeting those obligations, whether it's to a contract to supply milk or whether it's to the bank to pay the mortgage. So then that coverage is called business income extra expense. If you were a manufacturer, one of the things that we like to expand on is the extra expense part of the coverage. Not a lot of people know about this, but what is the extra expense that you could incur to get you back in business as quick as possible? It might mean the remaining livestock that you have that we we send that to another farm location so they can continue milking the cattle so they retain their value or the extra expense to rent another barn while your barn is being rebuilt. If done properly, the extra expense actually would probably be a bigger claim than the loss of income, especially if you consider the last couple, two, three years where milk prices are really depressed. And so if you look at the form, what is business income? What is the income that the farm lost. Well, farms weren't making money the last couple of years. So we want to get that farm back in production as quick as possible. So we want the extra expense and the business income to be at a proper limit. And that limit is done. There's actually easy worksheets to go through the math to give you some guidance, how much coverage you should have. Okay, so Mark, I've got my insurance. I unfortunately have gone through one of these events, be it uh, you know the heavy snows like we had here in 2017 that collapsed the roof, or I did have a barn fire. As that producer, that owner of that farm, what action should I take you know, as soon as that incident has occurred? The biggest thing that I fall in a trap with with customers is they assume that the insurance company is going to ride in on a white horse and just cut a check. You mean you don't? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so if you look at the contract, the contract states it's your responsibility to provide proof of loss. It's your responsibility to go out there and procure bids to rebuild the barn. It's your responsibility. So you're you're operating a farm. How do you know insurance? And I, your agency is your gatekeeper. So this is the time. So when you have a catastrophic claim, that's not to find. That's not the time to find out that your agent isn't the right person to help guide you through that catastrophic event. And so the agent is the one who's helping you facilitate getting bids to rebuild. Maybe finding and helping you find another location to rent in the course of construction. Helping you communicate back with the adjuster what the damage was and how the policy is going to respond. So the farmer, you just can't expect to call the insurance company up and said, my barn is on fire. I had it insured for 200,000, cut me a check. That, that contract on the declaration page means at the time of claim, that's the most they'll pay, but you still have to provide proof of loss. And so it takes a good partnership with your insurance agency to help you guide yourself through that. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, Mark Santos is our guest. We're going to be taking a break in just a couple of moments. But Mark, before we do that, you brought up an interesting point, certainly a very valid one, uh, getting back to our buildings and the fact that building supplies, those costs really have risen. Does that affect the insurance policy? Yes. You know, one of the things that is always difficult for us as an agency is when we have a claim and we don't have the right coverage in place. And what does that mean to you, the consumer? So if you're insuring the building for 200,000 and because of the cost of construction, it's going to be 280,000 and we're going to cut you a check for 200,000 because that's what the contract stated. That means you're going to have to go to the bank or your personal savings account and pony up the difference. And so Today is probably, I mean, in all the years I've been in the business, I don't think we've suffered this kind of inflation factor, especially in the construction side as we're facing right now. It is a good time to call your agent and just readdress those coverage issues, those limits. And then maybe things will calm down. I don't have a crystal ball. Maybe things will calm down and you'll be able to pull those values back in a year or so. But that gets back to really the first point you made in our conversation about reviewing your insurance policies with this kind of increased cost in that, as you said, it's an excellent time to make sure that you really are well covered. Yes. And insurance carriers have some pretty credible software programs that allows us to have within some pretty good accuracies what your building should be insured for with square feet, with improvements such as electrical, HVAC, the manure system underneath the buildings. We have some pretty good programs that allows us to provide some guidance there. Mark Santos, president of Alangi Santos Moss Insurance Agency, is our guest. He's the president of that company and a man with 37 years of experience in the business. We will continue our conversation and we're going to talk about insurance on machinery, the roles now that we have when we come to custom operators. How does that work when it uh, deals with your insurance policies? And he brought up a term during our conversation thus far dealing with extensive coverage checklist. What is that? Maybe we'll get some more details on that and how that helps protect you as well. All those details coming up as we continue here on Dairy Stream. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. Hastings Mutual Insurance Company has been helping farms in the Great Lakes region for more than 135 years. Whether it's protection for machinery, inventory, computer equipment, or something else, your agent and the team at Hastings Mutual can help create the right coverage for every farm's unique needs. Visit HastingsMutual.com to learn more and to find your Hastings Mutual agency partner. Well, welcome back to Dairy Stream. I'm your host, Mike Austin, and Dairy Stream is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. And today we have the cooperation and expertise of Mark Santos, president of Alangi Santos Moss Insurance Agency, as we delve into the world of insurance. And I know prior to our conversation, Mark was kind of stating that, you know, for some people, when you talk insurance, this is the least sub, you know, important subject they want to discuss. They you know, try to put it aside. But realistically, especially with the cost today and the investments involved in any type of uh, farming operation, uh, having the proper insurance and understanding it really is vital. And we spent the first half of our conversation uh, dealing with mostly insurance on buildings. Now we're going to switch over a little bit to insurance on machinery. And this is kind of interesting because talking about uh, – 
the evolution of agriculture today, Mark. We certainly are seeing more custom farming operators, you know, helping out with planting or harvesting and the role they play on that farm. So I want to start out uh, this half of our dairy stream talking about uh, coverage for that. Uh, as a property owner, do I need any special coverage or contract if a custom hire gets hurt on my property? Yes. Let's address that in a couple of different ways. One, we have the person who is providing the custom farming and he gets hurt. We had a farm last year where a tractor had a rider and he was only going two miles an hour and he jumped off the tractor on a turn. The rider did and he got caught underneath the wheels just because the ground was wet. He couldn't move. And of course, I don't want to give the ending, but it was not good. Mm -hmm. So... The farm owner, was he liable for that? And that's a good question because consider this for a second. It's no different than if you allow someone to borrow your swimming pool in your backyard and you say, don't worry, if something happens, I'm not going to sue you. But one of the things that is always out of the equation, if something bad happens, it's not yours and my handshake that gets uh, arbitrated in the courts. It's either your attorney against my attorney or your insurance company against my insurance company, and that's called subrogation. So a long answer, sorry, to your question is yes. If you are hiring out custom farming, you should get a certificate of insurance from that farmer who's providing that custom farming service to you, along with an additional insured endorsement and a waiver of subrogation. Now that's a large term and that's not a term we're going to be able to dissect in this conversation here, but the spirit of that contract is you're responsible for you, I'm responsible for me, and if something happens, you can't sue me. And so that's really what you want to do. You want to have a contract in place before you allow someone to come onto your property so that way you're protected. So, Mark, on that situation, do I have to go through a lawyer to do that? No, your insurance companies can provide those documents. And they they can, this is pretty standard in the insurance world now. They call that an insured contract. As long oh, as okay. there's a written agreement prior to the claim, the insurance companies will honor that. There's actually a little tiny paragraph in your policy that says we're honoring your insured contracts. Okay, thank you very much. Mark Santos is with us today. He has a lot of experience in the world of insurance, 37 years, and he's sharing some of that expertise and insights with us today on dairy stream and we're talking about you know custom operators certainly becoming more common something that's also been common in agriculture uh, especially in the production side is either the borrowing or loaning of equipment uh when we talk about that topic from your perspective mark what should a farm consider and are these really treated the same uh, they are not treated the same as owning equipment. And so if you're renting equipment from an implement dealer, a lot of carriers have an endorsement to afford coverage for those that temporary renting. But, you know, we used to call this shared farming, where you call your guy up and say, hey, I, I could use your smaller tractor for this parcel. Can I just borrow it? Yeah, come on over, pick it up tomorrow. The insurance policy doesn't automatically pick up that for a borrowed piece of equipment from your neighbor that has to be endorsed. In fact, it's excluded under your normal implement blanket policy. So you have to endorse if you're gonna borrow equipment or lend equipment to your neighbor. So your insurance company's contract is with you and it's not intended to give coverage to all your neighbors for your equipment. So it is not treated the same. 
I want to talk about purchasing new equipment. Obviously, the price tags have risen over the decades, and that's quite an investment for anyone that uh, needs to get new equipment for their agricultural operation. Uh, from your perspective as an insurance agent, when should you really be involved or should you be involved when a farmer is purchasing new equipment? So going back to the beginning of our podcast, my simple answer is we want to take each situation different. You know, if it's a small family farm and they might buy one piece of equipment a year, that's a different conversation than a large production farm that someone might be going to the auction and they're buying a piece of equipment monthly. So the easy way to answer that is most carriers have what they call blanket limit, where it's called uh, you negotiate with your insurance company at the beginning of the term, you provide a list of all of the equipment, you put a value on that equipment, you sign it, and it's called a statement of value, and then the carriers will issue a blanket limit. And what that does is it gives you wiggle room, so if you buy a piece of equipment, especially some farmers, they're, they have the cash, and so they're not getting they're not borrowing the money because a lot of times for us, the banks are the gatekeepers. They buy a piece of equipment and the dealer calls us and said, Hey, they bought this piece of equipment. We finance it through John Deere. We need proof of insurance. Well, if they paid cash for it, we don't have that safety net of somebody alerting us. And a lot of times, like any business, the farmer is busy and they forgets to tell us that he bought a new tractor. So the blanket coverage affords you coverage throughout the year for newly acquired equipment. If you're scheduling your equipment, and I, I don't know why anyone would do that anymore, but if you're scheduling equipment, you only have 30 days coverage for newly acquired equipment. All right. Well, thank you for all these uh, good answers and good insights and making clear we understand the differences between some of the parts of our policies and uh, the equipment or the buildings that are being covered. Obviously, as a listener to Dairy Stream, I guess the one question I would be having is, you know, I want to make sure that I'm insured correctly. And then I want to make sure in reviewing my policy, I know what questions to ask. So let's kind of conclude our conversation uh, on that subject. Uh, when someone does review their policy, what tools are available to help them to make sure, yes, indeed, my farm is insured correctly? So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we subscribe to a service called Rough Notes. It's a very, it's a long established publication available for agents since I've been in the business or before I've been in the business, except now it's automated by computers. We don't have to photocopy pages out of a manual. And the main form that we use is called a coverage checklist. Because even if you've been in the business a while, you can't you can't rely on your brain to remember all of the endorsements that you ought to consider. Because when you buy insurance on your homeowner's policy, there's, per, there's consumer protection laws in place that homeowner insurance with all states, they have a certain level of coverage that they have to provide, a, a certain level of standard of coverage that they have to provide. In commercial insurance, it's like going to a buffet and you a la carte in. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like not stealing Liberty Mutual, only pay for what you need. But unfortunately, when it comes to farmers, you need to know all the endorsements that you should consider, because if you don't put that endorsement on your policy, you're not going to have coverage. And so going back to my comment is coverage checklist. So we, we go through a pretty extensive coverage checklist. It's our standard operation. And you only need to do this once a year, but you do need to spend time with your insurance agent and go through all of the endorsements that you should be considering. And you should sign off on whether you want that or not. 
Now, is this something typical among all agencies or is this something kind of unique to you to have this coverage checklist? Well, it's not proprietary, but I think my office has the disciplines and we use it all the time. And again, Rough Notes is a standard uh, subscription that all agencies can get access to, but that doesn't mean all agencies get access to it or even know how to use it. Because there is a lot of knowledge involved with regards to understanding all the different coverage parts and which ones apply and which ones don't apply. All right, so some good insights to uh, producers and farm operators that are listening to make under- make them understand that this coverage checklist should be a part of your review and make sure that you do that with your agents and make sure that they have it uh, available for you. As we close the conversation, I talked about the review. Again, from your perspective, Mark, who should be a part of that conversation when you, ha- you have your review and, and look at, indeed, is my farm insured correctly? Well, for a small farm, it's an easy conversation. It should be the agent and the owner of the farm. But when it comes to a large production farm, not only should the the owners be involved because it's their money at risk, but the people that they're empowering to manage certain profit centers in the buildings, they should be involved as well because there's a lot of questions that should be gone over that need to be reviewed and considered. Excellent points. Again, we thank you for all your time. Uh, Just kind of in summation, uh, Mark, just uh, one bonus question here as kind of a review. If again, coming up now or maybe in a couple of months, I'm going to have my annual insurance policy reviews, what should be on my checklist? What things should I put together? What things should I review to make sure that, yes, I'm correctly keeping myself well insured in case of either a building or machinery problems? Well, I, I'm going back to my comment. A coverage checklist is what we use. It's it's pretty reliable because it allows us to address all the things that you should consider. You want to consider all the buildings that are on the property. You want to consider all the equipment that you own. You want to consider the feed in your silo if there's a peak season. You want to consider the, the livestock. You want to consider the extensive equipment that you have in your dairy barn if that's insured properly. You want to consider the farms that you're leasing out that may not have other buildings on it or the farms that you're leasing out that do have buildings on it that you may or may not be responsible for. But one of the things I really have a lot of passion for for farmers is the workers' compensation. This is a conversation that's probably longer than than we want to talk about, but workers' compensation, even though in some states you have a limitation where you're, you're not obligated to buy workers' comp, I always contend that you should because then you're protected by the state statutes what your exposure is. If someone gets hurt on your property, now you're opening yourself up to tort liability, which could be more than the statutory limitations that you're afforded in workers' comp. Some excellent insights. You've been listening to the voice of Mark Santos. He is the president of Alonji Santos Moss Insurance Agency, a man with 37 years experience in the insurance business. I think you can tell by uh, the sound of his voice and the knowledge he shares that he really is well-versed in this business and also has a great passion. And we appreciate that he has shared all that on this version of Dairy Stream. I also want to thank Joanna Guza, who is our producer and editor and always does an outstanding job in making 
making sure we all sound good and all the information uh, is easy to understand. So again, I thank her for that. And I want to thank you for joining us. And again, I hope you take some of this information today to heart so that you make sure that your valuable family and farming operation and employees are well covered when it comes to covering the business of insurance. It's our business to keep you informed on the issues and events important to those in agriculture, especially in the dairy industry. That's why we invite you to join us for our next edition of Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us podcast at dairyforward.com.